so with the whole uh, Fallout 76 debacle that's been happening, in my opinion, I think one of the the biggest issues is just the way that they're dealing with their community. Okay. And we touched on this a little bit in the in the last podcast that the way that you you talk to your community and the way that your community feels about your game, uh, in my opinion, can have a really big impact on the success of the game and how well that community deals with, I don't want to say mess ups, but problems with the game, issues with it, and how the, the, the community responds to that. What do you think? I think it's the same with anything. Like we... We have an auto repair shop, right? And if you tell the customers the problems that you're having and you explain to them what's going on and then inform them, hey, I need more time with this car or whatever, they're more apt to be friendly about it than if you just do it and then don't say anything after the fact, you know? So if they come Or out, try to hide the problem. Or try to hide the problem, yeah, altogether. So with video games, if they if they were to be... And some things you're not going to fix. Like being upfront about Fallout 76 and its problems was never going to help it. I mean, it was going to help a little bit and soften some of the blow, but they came out with a product that just wasn't ready. Like you coming out and telling, hey, there's a lot of problems with this game and all this uh, front of time. It's too far gone. It would have helped like the stuff with the uh, the Ultimate Edition and all that kind of stuff or the Collector's Edition with the bag and all that kind yeah, of stuff that was happening. The, yeah. uh, the Power Armor Edition. And it would still help with some of their stuff, but that's too far gone. But I think a lot of other video games that are having some kind of problems because video games are really complex products that people make. And there's going to be problems with them, and that's fine. Everyone kind of knows that. No one really gets mad if you get a glitch in a video game every so often. Like, right. Well, that's just how this is. Um, but like I said, just being upfront about how the game is, especially with stuff like, I think Kickstarter had a big problem with this too, and that's why there's not as many games happening on those kind of websites also. What do you mean? Uh, false promises, not giving not giving uh, the people that have paid money for stuff, you know, because they always give incentives or whatever, right? Like... Uh, what was that game? Super, what was the Mega Man-like game that they were doing? I don't remember what it's called now. Damn. Yeah, I'm not familiar with it, actually. Let me just look it up real quick. I was going to upset me. But anyways, in Kickstarter and stuff, they were making a lot of games on Kickstarter, right? And they would they would tell people, hey, if you do this, you're going to get a copy of the game. You're also going to get this collector's edition, this or that, or you'll be... Right, there's different levels at which you can you can pledge. It, exactly. Mighty, Mighty number nine, that's what it is. So Mighty number nine... Was, was this big Kickstarter that was from the creator or someone who worked on it. I'm not too familiar um, of the original Mega Man games. Okay. And people hadn't got a mainline Mega Man game that they really wanted in a long time. So he started Kickstarter to start this Mighty Number no. 9. And the game ended up being trash. It took a long time to come out. The promised collector's edition stuff that they would all get came like six months to a year after the game came out. It wasn't what, what they told gamers they were going to get and then a lot of those kickstarter games and stuff too they end up taking a lot longer but the developers once they get the money and they're building and they have the money they a lot of them were less likely to comment and tell people what's going on with the game too because they already had the money exactly yeah so i think same thing like i think just being open and honest with a lot of the things would would soften a lot of the blow so who would you say is is kind of doing community management well right now I would have said Bethesda before this game, honestly. Like, I always thought, I mean, before Fall 76, Bethesda was on on the grace, uh, good graces of gamers. You know, yeah. Bethesda was the company, especially last year. They were making Prey. They were releasing, like, single-player games like Prey and, and uh, Wolfenstein 2. Like, they were releasing these games that other people weren't. Uh, um, Dishonored 2. 
and they were still coming out with all these games and they felt like they were for the gamer. And this year they've kind of, it's been flopped of, against them. Kind of flip-flopped yeah, compared for sure. to, comparatively to where it was. But I'm not sure. I'm not too familiar with that. So I don't, I don't know. You probably have a better answer besides like the main ones you enjoy, like big publishers and game developers. I'm not really... Yeah, big publishers, I think that's that's where, unfortunately, a lot of the bad examples are. I mean, obviously, the the way the uh, the way BlizzCon was handled is a, is an example of bad. And I, I would have said Blizzard before BlizzCon was really good. I would say Blizzard yeah, and Bethesda I, were some of the best four gamer uh, developers and, and um, publishers and stuff before this year happened. Actually, right? No, and, and I'd probably agree with that. Bethesda's always kind of been the. Uh, I don't know, just so beloved by gamers, just kind of across the board. They, it's why they were able to get away with so much in Same terms of Bethesda. like, yeah. I, and yeah, it's sad to see them just kind of, I don't know if they just got too big. They just felt, man, we can kind of get away with everything or if they, they were just mistaken in what they thought people wanted. Or, I mean, with the, as we know now, kind of the whole Diablo 4 thing is that they had planned to do Diablo 4. They had planned to have a gameplay uh demo there and they had planned to do all of this and we don't know what happened but we know that that was all planned and that that is why they were trying to hype us up a few months before blizzcon and then something happened but i think this is where the community management part of it comes in because the their community managers did the best that they could but i think it would have been so much better to come out and say hey this isn't this is what we were planning and it didn't work out we We, are building and we are yeah we are doing it there, there is stuff going on behind the scenes. We and and we're super sorry. We know a lot of you that that have bought BlizzCon tickets have bought them for Diablo and, and to see that. And you know what? We're we're. I think they should have taken the step and not only told everybody about it. Uh, and they don't have to say specifics. They're still a business, and they, there are certain things that you don't divulge. And and I understand that. But they could have said, "Hey, we were planning to release some Diablo Four stuff." Or some just new Diablo stuff that we're not going to be able to do anymore for for certain reasons that we can't get into right now, uh, but we we want to just be as open and truthful with you as we can. And if you're one of those people that bought a BlizzCon ticket specifically to see the, this Diablo news that we have hyped up, we're not going to be able to fulfill that for you anymore. We will offer you a refund on your on your BlizzCon ticket at or least, something. or even just tell them uh, ahead as soon as they knew that they weren't going to have that. Say hey you know, temper your expectations for this because this we had some problems. We were planning on doing something. So we are going to show some Diablo stuff, but it's probably not what most of you want to see. Yeah. And at that point, people don't come up with expectations. Well, They're see, like, they, oh, okay, they tried well. to do that, but they did it in a way that didn't give anybody any real concrete information. So people were still hoping to see Diablo yes. 4 stuff. And that's why, Absolutely. that's why it messed up. Yeah. And uh, I still feel bad for, for Wyatt Chang for having to go up there and try to hype up a mobile game to a crowd. He, he, job. he very well knows is not interested in that but at But that's all. his job, and he had yeah. to do it, so I do feel bad for him. I feel too. bad for him, for sure. And some of the questions that they had to answer, I mean, I think they handled them well from a from a company standpoint. Except for the, the guy that said, don't you guys own cell phones? That, that you guy. Could tell, but you could tell they were getting so bombarded oh, and frustrated up there that I kind of let that go, too. It's like, yeah, poor guys were like getting killed up there. Yeah, no, but the... Do you not have phones? Man, if, uh, if people had tomatoes, they'd be throwing them. Oh, yeah, 100%. But it's like, I think they could have avoided that whole thing in many different ways. And, and I think that that is the reason why they didn't, I, I think, is very much part of the bureaucracy of, of Activision. Because they kept saying this line over and over and over again. We are working on multiple Diablo projects. Even now, 
after announcing Diablo Immortals, we are still working on multiple Diablo projects. And it's like, that's the only thing they were allowed to say was that line. It's like, you could have given gamers like, some other Yeah, it's like, here's, you know, the corporate entity of Activision telling Blizzard, this is the verbatim you're allowed to use. This is how you're allowed to talk to your audience. And everybody that, that I know or that I watch or listen to all immediately caught on to that. That this this is some corporate nonsense that we're being that, that we're being fed. told. That, yeah, we're being fed. I think that's a great way to put it. Instead of having instead of just being honest with us and just saying, we ran into a development nightmare with this. We're having some issues on the back end. You know, we had three of our project leads leave. And we're not ready. And there's no way we can get it ready for BlizzCon. Okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, we'll be disappointed, but we're not going to be mad at, you, at Blizzard yeah. for it. And there are going to be some rumors that go around. Why did they leave? This and that, whatever. But it's not going to be... It would still soften the blow for sure. Oh, it would have been... It, it, it's not that the whole euphemism of the, the uh, lesser of two evils is really that great, but it would have been the lesser of two evils. You, you, this backlash versus saying, hey, we screwed up and owning that something bad happened, I think, A, a lot of people, including myself, would have had more respect for them as a company if they would have been open and honest than going the way that they did. And I think that's bad community management. And I think I think the same thing. Like People are upset at Blizzard and people are upset at Bethesda. And I'm just not going to get super upset about it because I think they can learn from this. And they've done such great things and made some of the best video games of all time. You know, and I think that we owe them the respect to be like, hey, they made a mistake. Let's tell them they made a mistake and we were upset about this. But let's not get on the the hype train of, of you know, they're no longer for the gamer or anything like that that I've seen people say. Like, let's see if they learn from this and if the next Elder Scrolls game or whatever, or they're like, oh, we're never going to do stuff like this again. We totally screwed this up or, or, or Blizzard learns from that. And they probably will, you know, and then we'll be, I'll be fine with that. Just see what they keep going. If they keep going down the wrong path, then, but... Yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious to see where it goes. And obviously, as a gamer, as somebody who genuinely has enjoyed some of the, the franchises that Blizzard has put out, I would much rather see them succeed than fail. I would much rather see them recognize the issues that they've had, fix it, and move forward, and continue to make great games. And this one little, little thing of BlizzCon... I don't think puts it to me puts even a little even a little dent in what they've done for the last however long. Yeah, no. Something weird about the audio or something. You no, you're a there. little quiet. You're just a little quiet. If you could just pull it up just a little bit closer. But yeah, I just I just people are real upset about. It. I get they're upset about it, but I like I said I don't think it even puts a dent in it. Just let them go if they if they make one mistake. Everyone makes mistakes. You know, as long as they learn from it and then they don't continue to do it, then you know shit happens. It's it was disappointing, but. Life's disappointing sometimes, you know? Well, yeah, that's the thing is that I think people deal with disappointment quite well when it's clear and you aren't kind of being pandered to. You you aren't you aren't being fed some message. You know, if if you're I see I think that's a big issue. That that's a bigger issue across most industries of people trying to cover up their mistakes. And I think you have seen a shift of 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 those that stand up and say, I screwed that up. That's on me. I'm going to fix it. And I think that, that the people who can do that and be honest about it, I think, they, I think that they are more respected, not less respected. 
I think there's this idea that if you if you make mistakes or you screw something up, that that people will dislike you or not trust you. I think that only happens when you either a only make mistakes or just make a ton of mistakes or refuse to own up to your mistakes. Like I said, that like we were just saying, that's life. Everyone makes mistakes, and and the only way you get better in anything, you know, and even these these game developers and you know publishers, all these people that have been doing this for so long make mistakes. You, you, you can do something for 20 years and, and the same thing and make mistakes sometimes. It's just human nature. Yep. And people make that mistakes. And if you just open about it, like, Hey, I messed up. We're, we're trying our best to get better and we're going to try to fix it and learn from mistakes. Cool. That's, there's nothing, there's no harm in that. You know, you can't, people that expect all of these companies and anything to never have make a mistake. I think that's, that's, that's just unrealistic. And, uh, it's just not right. I think you really, oh, yeah. With anything, like I go to a restaurant sometimes. Okay, oh, I hate when people I hate hurt. when people yeah. automatically get mad at a waiter or waitress because something happened. Their their food wasn't made correctly. Uh, they they took a little too long to bring them more tea, and they make this big ordeal about it. And it's like you don't you don't have you don't know what's going on. You know, like the waiter doesn't get your order. Go back there, make your steak. Come over here. Like there's a lot of hands at play, and I know it's just cooking food and all that kind of stuff. But there's so much other stuff that goes into it. And unless they're being, uh, unless they're being very rude or go, you know, something like that, I just see, I just see customers think that they're entitled to have this perfect service and nothing go wrong. Well, it's almost it's like so, they're unwilling oh, to recognize so that they also make mistakes. And that's what that's bugs what me. it feels like. Is like, okay, seriously, you're telling me that if you were to be the waiter. In this restaurant, you would never make a single mistake. I know. It's like, no, that's unrealistic. Everybody's going to make mistakes. And to stand there in in almost grandstand, like, how could you get my order wrong? Yeah, because what do you I, mean? I because I've taken hundreds of orders today and yours is the only one I've messed up. And it's just anything. And the way I always think about it is these people that are complaining because their food took a little too long or it wasn't cooked exactly like they wanted or whatever stupid reason they were mad that I'm sure the waiter or waitress would fix right away if they just said someone about it. What, what those people have jobs, the people that complain about it, you know, I mean, are they okay when they make a mistake? Do they want to be treated like that when they make a mistake in whatever field they work on? Probably not. They, they're going to be like, no, that's not fair. I, you know, I only made one mistake. Why, yeah. why, why are you treating me that way over one mistake? It's and it's that like old school. They don't extend that courtesy to other so people. Frustrating. It's always that old school, just you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. And I know that I'm going to make mistakes in, in the company that we own and raising my kids and doing this podcast, whatever. You make mistakes all the time. And I'm never going to treat someone poorly for making an honest mistake because I would never want to be treated that way. And I kind of feel the same way with some of these mistakes that as long as they're not horrible that these video game industries make too. Um, yes, be vocal about it, but if it's not, if it's not a huge deal, don't turn it into a huge deal. Let yeah. them recover. Tell them what you made you upset. Let them figure it out and then move on with your life and enjoy what, what stuff you yeah, are I think, from them. I think there's a line there because you need to, as a company, you want to hear the areas where you've messed up. Of course. Right. So you want, you know, as Bethesda, you want to hear, Hey, and they're, they're obviously like the, I don't know the perfect example, but Hey, you screwed up. This is bad. And people don't like it. Yeah. And I think I think we should use an example where it's just like they messed up a little bit. I think the Blizzard thing, even though it blew yeah, up the, in the yeah, thing, I don't do that. think that's a huge in terms of what mistakes you can have. I, I think, think it, I think their whole thing was tone deaf. I, I yeah. think that they went up thinking they were going to get away with something that they but that thinking, they didn't. But thinking but Blizzard's the, gonna be over with and they're yeah. not for the gamer anymore. I think 100%. just because of this, I think 
It's ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's role. like, okay, there's there's some there's a bunch of cogs in the machine here that maybe didn't mesh up well. Something happened. Okay, so let's let's wait a little bit. Let's see what happens next. And then we'll go from there. Now we should say, you know, clearly in, in user voice to say, dude, that that was a bad way to do that. Yeah. You should not have 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 done this press conference, you know, this BlizzCon the way that you did it. It didn't totally work. Agree. It didn't land. It was not the right way to do it. But then to take that and and conflate that as like it's not okay for them to make a mistake and that because they made that mistake that they they're are no now, longer the blizzard that we all loved. Yeah, it's that's like the how about they made a misstep mm-hmm. and now they need to they need to correct that misstep and move forward from it, but that 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 it's it's a uh, it's the 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 inability for a lot of people to give other people and companies a path to redemption, right? There's no way Blizzard made this one big mistake, so now they're not Blizzard anymore. Yeah, they're not it's recoverable. Like, yeah, why? And I, I don't want to take away from the people that actually spent money to go to BlizzCon in hopes of seeing something that they were. Kind I feel of really promised. bad for them. I I, I don't want it to anybody to think, oh, you know, they weren't there. Want- they didn't spend the money. I totally agree to being upset. Totally agree with being upset. And, and more so if you actually paid the money to go to it. Oh, I would be way more upset yeah, had I been at BlizzCon. totally agree with it. I just, the people that didn't even go, and then there are these game journalists, and all they're talking about is how, how you know, Blizzard's not for the people anymore, all this, da, 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 this, this stuff. It's like, come on, you know, like. So I think that's taken too far, but I also absolutely disagree and, and will stand up against the, the people who are saying that like all of these gamers who are upset about this are entitled and gamers are entitled. Cause no, I hate I, that. Yeah. That's stupid. I too. absolutely hate that. Cause that's also not true. That That's absolutely not true. And there has been times when people or gamers do will be way too entitled. This circumstance. No, no, they totally have a right to be upset. I just, I just don't want it to get too far when, when in terms of, of, of mess ups, I think this is a very small, in terms of video game mess ups. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It's like- no, I would, I would entirely agree that, that it's really at the end of the day, it's not that big of a deal. It's not going to, it's not going to turn Blizzard from a company that makes genuinely good, fun games into something that, that is just all they care about is, is quick cash grabs. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen. I do think that Blizzard has to supplement their, their, their cash flow with mobile games. And you know what? That's fine. Good. Why, Let why them. not? I, yeah, I don't see why that's it, it. The only the only reason I don't, I would not like mobile games. I don't play any mobile games, phone games. No, okay? me I either. I just don't. I don't care for them. I, I can't get I've, into them. I feel that if you can't play with like a keyboard and mouse or a, or a game controller, it's just not for me. I touch screen games just don't work well, you know, unless they're like puzzles or something. But anyways, but I have no problem with them. The only time I'll, I won't like a mobile game or them making one is if because that mobile game is being made, I'm no longer getting as an act. I mean, it's rude, but actual gamer, not getting a product that I wanted to. Like if if Diablo Four wasn't being made because Diablo Immortal was being made, that's a problem. But if they're just having another thing with it, and even if I don't want to be interested, I don't care if they can make some extra money so that their company can can thrive, and then that means they have more money to make the things I actually enjoy. Why would it, why why would why I take even that care about them? that? Go ahead, and you know what? Some of those experiences may be something you actually end up liking, you know, or maybe like, oh well, I'm waiting for it. Diablo Not Immortal me, but- might be fun, okay, and perfect. and for from all accounts of people who played it at BlizzCon. Even those who don't like mobile games said it wasn't that bad. Enjoyed it. It yeah. thought it was an okay experience. And what's wrong with that? Yeah, it said, might not be for you. In, yeah, as long as it doesn't get in the way of what we what act, like actual gamers want. Cool. Like 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 we were saying in the, the other podcast, they need to be making money. 
and there may be other this may be another way of them to make money so that they're that we want company we want game companies and developers to make money yeah because then ga- we get games how many companies have shut down the last couple of years you hear about it all the time these game developers they're shutting doors because costs are so expensive and i mean it'd be scary to be a, a, even a small developer and stuff because i mean if if you have a publisher backing you at least you'll have the money for a little bit but what happens if it takes so long to build a, a game if that game if you have a misstep and that game is is released in a window where it shouldn't have been and there's better there's bigger games that are getting gamers attention because gamers attention spans are, are they, they're gone that's this is the story behind Warframe. This is exactly what happened. Digital Extremes was a developer who made games for other people, right? You'd hire them to make your game. Mm-hmm. And uh, like they did The Darkness 2 and they've done a few others, but they always wanted to make their own game. Well, they got to the point where they didn't want to make games for other people. That industry, that 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 avenue of business was starting to go away at that time. And they're like, we have a very limited amount of money. What can we build with that very limited amount of money and a very short time window so that we can keep our people employed. What can we do? And they made a ge- they made Warframe. They made a game that used uh tile sets that that you know connected together and they could do these randomly generated levels and they could and they decided we're going to use this essentially as a proof of concept to gamers. It's going to be free to play and and hey if you want to be a part of it, stick around. And they did a uh, a founders pack that was a hundred dollars. Okay, it was a one time thing, and uh, you got it. one of the big things you got was uh, the prime variant of Excalibur, which you cannot get anymore. You cannot get it. And they sold a ton of them, and they were a hundred dollars piece, and they sold a a ton of them because they showed these gamers this is what we want to make. We are listening to your feedback. We are doing what you want us to, and we are trying to build something. And instead of, and instead of trying to just build this one big experience, they decided to build something that they could build on top of. And I think a lot of smaller developers might need to do something similar to that if they want to continue to to thrive. They either need to make less complicated, easier to make games, or they need to to create. Uh, something that they want to continue to build upon. That's another uh, topic I kind of like is I'm grateful that video games come in all shapes and sizes and all, in all budgets and all that. And that there is a space, especially with, with indie games and how they became, you do that a lot. I always drop caps. I know it, that they become, especially with like uh, with the 360, with the Xbox live arcade and stuff. And, and now it's not just PC gamers that are getting these and these indie games, these smaller games, well, like cuphead and yeah, things like, like cuphead that. and stuff. Um, or in inside limbo, like all, all these. I mean, there's tons of of Ori in the Blind Forest, uh, Bastion. Like, there's so many great games that get made on a smaller budgets for smaller developers. And I just think it. I think that's also cool that games can come in all shapes and sizes. Kind of like we're talking. And I don't know if it even got posted because it messed up. But like Dark Siders Three, we were saying it's cool that we have like a B a B type of video game that doesn't have yep. the hugest budget. But there, I think there's a place for all types of video games. So I think you just I think the not everything has to be a huge 60 hour open world state of the art video game because not everything can be. That's just it's not it's not viable. Well, for and everyone. if every game that came out was like that, it wouldn't be interesting anymore. It, anyways, well, just. Not as many of them would sell because people don't have that much time. Like you, they, we have to have these games that fill in the time between those bigger games, 
And and that's also the reason why I think games uh, like Diablo, Path of Exile, Warframe, and in these in in uh, even WoW and and certain other ones, WoW's a, a bit less of a good example, but uh, CS:GO, League of Legends, there are these games that you can always play them, and you will you will play them a lot, but you take breaks from them to play these bigger titles, and then when you're done with the bigger title, you put it down and you go back to your other games. You're kind of your 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 bread and butter games that you play all the time. Like when, you know, when the next big game comes out or right now I'm playing Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain for the first time. And when I'm done with that, I'll go back to Path because that's that's my... Or you were just playing Dark Souls 3. Yeah, I was just playing Dark Souls 3. and But that's my home base. I can always go back to that. And it's always there. And it's always getting updated. So it's okay for it to sit and wait and for people to make an update and then I can go back to it. It's never something that that it's never fully complete. You can always go you can always go back to it and it, it's like this it's like comfort food. And and even if you don't have one of those games, like I don't have a game that I just constantly play. I always no, just you move don't. on to games. But just being able to have an experience like this year one of my favorite games I played this year was Celeste, which uh which is just, you know, this this small budget platformer game that's amazing you know but it's cool that we can i can play that game on my switch and then i can go to play you know god of war and and then i can go to play red dead redemption or i can go to play you know whatever you know i can play all all manners of games and uh and they'll have like an impact on on you you know some people just play stardew valley for a, a million hours no i know you know it's just it's cool that we have a platform now where they don't have to have these big backers and a bunch of money into these games all the time. You can make different scales of games. Well, and that's, I think that's exactly what Just like we movies. Need. That's how movies have always been. Yeah. You know, it's it's like- You got your tried and true rom-com that doesn't take much money to build. And then you've got your Indie AAA, Darling, you have, yeah, you know- You have your, your triple, uh, not your triple A, but you, budget, your big budget blockbuster. Popcorn, fil- flicks, you know? So that's- it's there, just, there has to be that, you know, that kind of hierarchy of difference- between oh, just them. not enough money to do every, you know, you can't. And make there's a, not enough time, and there's in there in there, people don't have that and, much and time. And sometimes, and sometimes it, it for people's lives and their schedules and families and all that, you know, go putting their time into a sixty-hour video game is doesn't doesn't fit with them, and they still want to be a gamer and they still want to enjoy stuff. And there's so they're going to play smaller experiences, yeah, which is great, hundred percent. Awesome. You should be able to do that. And I still think, kind of, kind of, kind of to circle back, is. No matter what your your game is, I think that you're you're far less likely to see good success if you don't know how to talk to the people who are playing your game. Yeah, that's true. I really don't because I mean, if you like, what what's I think that's more so a thing when it comes to uh, ongoing, breathe like living breathing games that keep moving on. I think that's far more important that than a game like. God of War or something. I mean, God of War comes out as long as it's made correctly. I don't have to hear from them much because there's nothing. There's nothing. No, for them but to it, say. It, imagine if they had gone the other way in in during development of the game or during their their media pushes and stuff. They had actively uh, been negative toward the fan base, i.e., uh, like Battlefield. Do you? Th- I mean, I would imagine that would impact their sales. Yeah, of course. If you're, but but that's just a weird thing that EA did. Most game, most most. Most publishers and developers and stuff don't do that kind but of stuff. But you do see that no uh, 
and and one that that obviously completely de- you know destroyed him and his whole company. The can't remember his name, but the gentleman who uh, created the Gears of War franchise, and then, Cliffy B. Yeah, Cliffy B. Cliff I mean, that him. guy is. Uh, for all intensive purposes, in my opinion, not a good person. I mean, he. I've never met him. I don't want to meet him. Would you? Would you come on our podcast, Cliffy Sir? B? Yeah, could you come on our podcast? We have no subscribers or anybody watching, but if you want to come, no. And talk for to us. I mean, he. I don't know if you're familiar with his comments about like mm-hmm. PC gamers, then Xbox gamers, and then he did. He, did he say that Xbox gamers were better? No, he called oh, them damn. entitled fanboys, and uh, he said all people who play on. Not all people, but he he attributed PC gamers to uh, thieves and pirates. He's not wrong. And then he called uh, Xbox gamers entitled. And just sounds like someone who's who's just been in it too long and is super full like a, of himself too. And he himself. made the he made a game and that guy's, it completely that, failed. That and then guy he made was already rich. He didn't have failed. to. He didn't even have to get back into video games. No, but the point stands. Had he not done those things, those games might have been more successful. Probably still wouldn't have. But yeah, I agree. There's a possibility. I mean, Lawbreakers was never going to be successful. It was it, it was a well made game, but it was it came out at a really bad time. Exactly. Yeah. It just there's no way at that time when Overwatch was as big as it was, and it's still big. But at right then, that's a horrible time to release another hero type oh, shooter yeah. that looks similar to Overwatch. It's like ah, it's a bad decision. No, hundred percent. But it still would have sold more, in my opinion. Potentially. But Julia, I think it would have died no matter what. I think. Oh, I think it would have died no matter what. I think what, the video game industry is just a really hard industry to be in to begin with, and that's why there's always and there's an oversaturation yeah. of of games in general and almost of every genre. So to find those gems, to find those games that stand out and make a statement that's worth making, I mean, you're, the you're, Dark Souls series is one of those. You're vying for space. You're vying for people's attention, and like I was saying earlier. You have one shot a lot of times. It's not like you can make a whole lot of mistakes. If that game comes out and it doesn't sell well, a lot of times you're like, hey, we're closing your doors. Sorry. Like you don't get another chance sometimes, you know? So that that's the problem with 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 video games developers and stuff too, you know? It's, it's a tough business to be in and I don't envy anybody who's actually in it because I don't think it's something that I would want to be a in part of. In the actual of. making of video games. In the games, actual yeah. making of video games because... A, it just seems super, super stressful. Here's a here's a conversation I want to talk about because I entirely disagree with with the stance that a lot of people have taken. So I think it was Red Dead, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, the, but the working hours. Yeah, the working hours. They mm-hmm. they 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 kind of boasted like, dude, our guys busted their ass, and they they put in sixty eighty hour work weeks, and we got this done. And to me, that's like, good job, like that's awesome. Like you guys busted your ass and you did something, you know. Awesome. And like everybody who was a part of that should feel good about themselves for doing that. And people were upset because they thought that they, they were, were. Yeah. And and there have been all these comments made like, oh, you know, I used to I used to think this about this game. Now I wonder how how much their crunch time was and did they get taken care of and, and all this and that. And it's like, do you not live in the real world? Like, do you not live in a world where, where this is a business that has to make it through? Like these people are, aren't you know, just not making any extra money because they're working that many more yeah. hours. Like that, that's actually the truth too. They're not slaves. They're not slaves. They're being paid to do, it and they're being paid well, probably for and those extra them, hours. And some of them are like you've heard about Blizzard and all these companies that don't pay as well as they probably should. Yeah. But it's a business. I mean, uh, companies don't want to pay. If people are willing to work for you for that amount of money, then the market is willing for. to. It yeah. Sucks, but now if everybody at Blizzard decided, you know, we won't 
if all the top talent at Blizzard was like, no, we're not going to work for this amount of money. We're going to go to these developers. Blizzard would inevitably raise their wages and because sure they need that talent. And I'm sure, I sure don't want to, like I said, yes, you probably, a lot of these people are worth more money because of, of their knowledge and, and all that stuff. They're so also I, working for a dream company, their dream company. Yeah, but like I said, and I don't know the ins and outs, but like when, when you were reading all these things about how people have to carpool, like they, they live in, in, they live like an hour away just to get, you know, and then they yeah, just, just drive because yeah. the cost of living is too expensive there and they don't get paid enough. Like that sucks. It is still your decision to work there. Um, but like on the Red Dead thing, they were getting paid for it. And, and, and yes, you have to have good work. You have to have a good working environment and you have to, uh, uh, be fair. But if you're getting paid overtime or you're getting paid to, to, to do this, and I don't know what the morale was either. Like a lot of these people, some of these people could have actually really believed in this product too. I don't know. I didn't talk to them. I mean, and if, maybe you, some if of that you've was- spent years working on a project, I can't imagine except for except for a select few who really aren't willing to, to put in that extra time to put out a product that they're super proud of. Their name is on it. Even if it's in the credits way low down, their name is still on it. It's still something they're going to brag about for the rest of their lives, that they worked on that game. And I would bet money that the vast majority of them willingly did those extra hours because you don't get to work on a game like that if you're not willing to put in those hours. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, back to to Warframe and Digital Extremes, them guys, I mean, there, there are pictures of uh, like on Instagram and stuff of uh, Steve Sinclair, like the director sleeping in his office because he's been putting in so many hours. And it's like, is that something to feel feel bad about? To be like, oh, your company is horrible because you do this. Or is that something to be like, you know what? You're a badass. I'm so I'm so I'm kind of in between this a little bit because at one point, if you have good, talented people, you still you still should make it a point that they live a normal life also. You know, like if, yeah, but if they you, weren't doing that crunch time the entire time the game was being made. I know, but I don't know. You know, I I don't know the facts about it, so it makes it hard to Fair. Really, to really say. I mean, if the last two years or three years of development, like that long, if they were putting in time where they barely got weekends and they barely got time, like they were going home, eating, sleeping, have an hour or two, and then go to sleep, go back to work, and that's all they were doing for that period of time. Um, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's not totally right. And okay, it, but okay, so I'm going to disagree with you. I'm actually going to disagree with you on that statement. A, it's their choice. They don't have to yeah. do it. Well, of course. Okay. And and B, if you want to be, to have that level of success in this world, that's just what you have to do. Like, it's just the reality of the situation. There is nobody that is that is on top of any ladder like that that doesn't put in those the, those those work hours. And if you want to be a top-tier game developer, or game designer, or you know, audio engineer, whatever it is on on that side that you're working on, and you're not willing to put in the hours to to do that, to to be at that top, to finish a big project like that, you will never be there because there will always be somebody that will do that. So at, at the end of the day, it's just a, it's just a reality of the world that you're going to have to do that. It just I don't know. I'm still I'm still in between this because. Most other jobs where you still work hard and stuff like you, st you still aren't forced to work that. Extra if it's a corporate job, hours. yeah, you are. Not a lot of times. No, mm -hmm. no. Most big corporate jobs. Yes. You don't just work a 40 hour work week. That's actually a lot of how they are. Yeah. You think that all, every single one, depending on how you get paid and stuff too, you may have to put in hours, but I guess it, the context behind it, we don't know the context behind it. We just know they're getting like, like if you're actually working hundred hour, or 80 hour, hundred hour work weeks, 
it depends on for how long. Like I said, if you were working 100 hour work weeks for, for three years. Well, yeah, that's the, you're going to get burnout. You're going to leave and find a different job. So you can't do that. that yeah, will, so I think as a company that won't last. I think that's bad for, for, for morale. And I think that's bad for just people in general. Yes. Having to work hard for something that, that you're working on. Of course you should work hard. And if you had that crunch for the last couple of months or something, because it just is what it is, you had to get this, this job right. done and, and it was understood and it was fair and it was appreciated. That's a different story than if you were. And yes, of course, it's always your choice, but I still don't know if that's the best way to run something. If, if you're if you're just running these guys, just, you know, and a lot of these guys don't see the benefits of it. They're not the owners of the company or anything. They'll get bonuses and stuff for, for that, but we don't even know what those are. And we don't know how much this extra work is actually benefiting them or their family also. Um, if you're the guy that worked the hardest, your chances of getting moved up is higher than everybody else's. But you know how corporate is a lot of times corporate is, Oh, but no, you're, you're my friend and I know you, and you're actually going to get to this position more than the guy who put in the extra effort too. That, yeah, but that, that, that happens a lot less, I think, than people think it does. But we don't know. Well, I can, I can say statistically speaking, right. That if you work 10% more hours than the people around you, you will disproportionately make more. You'll make around 40% more if you work about 10% more than everybody else. Yeah. 10%. But I just think there's a balance. But that's what I'm saying. Of course there's a balance. It's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm saying people who are telling these companies that they're awful, horrible companies for having these crunch periods, for having these periods where these guys need to work their asses off to put out this game because it is their job. It's also their labor of love in a lot of cases. Not everybody, of course. But to call them a bad company, to say that they're doing something immoral or unethical yeah, I, I agree. is ridiculous. I agree with you. I just I just don't know the context, so I can't have a solid opinion. Like I said, if it was a couple months or so, when okay, they really so, didn't get the game done and everyone was on board and like, yeah, we got to work this hard and that's what it took, cool, that's awesome. Like Stuff happens like that. You have to work harder. You have to work late. You have to put in more hours for the stuff that you believe in or your job or whatever to make something work. So it just, it totally depends on the context in well, and which it also, that happens. It, yeah, but it also depends on on what your job is and what you're trying to do mm-hmm. in your own life. If you are trying to be a top tier game developer and work on the biggest titles that everybody who's a game developer wants to work on and you're unwilling to work those hours, you're not going to have that job. Then just have another job. No, I get it. I just don't, I just, it's hard for me to ha- have an opinion when all you hear is, oh, uh, uh. Rockstar is working eight and making their employees work 80 to 100 hour work weeks and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but I just don't, I don't know the context behind it. I don't know. I don't know what's going from on. From the here. way, from the way I've understood it, it's during crunch periods. Then, then I, that just is with any, any, most jobs, you know, like if, if you have if to, you're, if certain, you're, if you're, if you're, uh, let's say you're, you're a, a medical equipment salesman, right? You work for a company that sells to hospitals and you you're it's a working weird example yeah, but, out of the blue. Yeah, but let's say you're working on a big contract to to sell uh to fill this hospital with this particular piece of equipment. And you're right at the end of finishing that deal and you know you have to have everything done, you know, they they just move their deadline down, let's say. Like you have to have everything submitted to us by this day or we're going with a different supplier, you're going to put in those hours. Of course. If you're a lawyer working on a case, you're going to put in those hours. If you were anybody who's in a in a in a genuinely successful position at the at the upper echelons of, of what your field is you're going to put in those hours so it depends do you want to be a do you want to be as a game developer because i don't hear these game devs complaining personally i haven't seen much i haven't seen them complaining very much about i've never these looked crunch times. into it to find them either but though so i don't know if you 
want to be a game developer, but you only want to work 40 hour work weeks and, and that's all that you ever want to work and you want to go home as soon as that's done, even if the project isn't going to be done, you're going to have a tough time, A, finding a company that that wants to hire you for any any important level position, or you're going to have to work for a company that just does very small stuff. But the problem is a lot of these people aren't totally guaranteed anything extra from from working in a lot of these people are making salary and a lot of people aren't guaranteed anything they, they may be guaranteed some kind of bonus but they don't even so know that, what it that, is that is hard just just so you're aware that the way that that at least in arizona the way that sa- uh, salary exempt works because uh, this actually matters in this conversation is you can only be overtime exempt if you are in, in in an administrative position, meaning that you either deal with the training of employees, hiring of employees, or firing of employees. Uh, in a nutshell, as a game developer, you fall into none of those categories. But so I don't I don't know how the other states operate. As far as I, I'm pretty sure that's the federal standards from from what I understand. Now, if if the company falls under those categories, they're either doing something illegal by saying that, hey, your your tax, your your salary exempt when they're clearly not, in which case, if they're doing something wrong, you as the employee can go and turn them into the uh, employee commission or whatever it is and, and get them in trouble for that and get paid back all of your, your back overtime or you're getting paid overtime. And you're working 80 hour work weeks and you're getting paid time and a half on 40 of those hours. So you are getting something out of it. And not only that, you're getting re- something real to show if you ever want to go work for somebody else. Yeah, I would just be curious if if that's... And like I said, we're speaking on a uh, topic that is hard because we don't know all the variables of 100%. it either. 100%. So my, my thing was that if you did make... Uh, if you did work overtime, at least there's some benefit to it. Say, we don't know for sure. So say they a lot of these... Say some of these people were on salary and we're not getting really any benefit besides maybe the promise of if this game is successful, I'm going to get a bonus. And at that point, if they're putting 80, 100 hour work weeks, and yeah, it's like, it sucks that it has to be that way if you want to be in the industry or whatever. Um, I just think like, what hap- What? What if, like for you, for instance, if when you had to go, you have to go for your girlfriend um, because she's sick or something, you're like, I need the day because my, I, like, my life doesn't revolve around just this company. Right. And, and say these people do work salary and they're not owners of this company and stuff. Right. Say it is. Uh, if, if you were told, no, 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 you have to be here because we have to get stuff done and you can't go to take care of your girlfriend today. Or no, you can't leave work because you have your girlfriend has a doctor appointment because you're baby and stuff. Right. Like, I think that's that's not good for for your employees or for the people working for you or anything. So like that that, too. that to me balances itself out over time, because let's say. If you're the kind of person that needs to have that flexibility, then that's not the right job. No, for you. I agree on that too. It right? just, I now, wish that it would be from the company standpoint. If most of your employees need that kind of flexibility, and in in the developers that I know more of their behind the scenes stuff, like Digital Extremes, it seems that they do do that even during crunch times. Somebody needs the time; they need the time. Like if you want to, as, as a company, if you want to keep talented employees and people that do work hard, which is the hardest thing to do, you'll give them that time. And that, and that's the things you don't hear about though. You only hear, oh, they they were made to work this many hours, but you're not getting any more, and I keep saying context, but you're not getting more context about about what they did get or how these people that actually worked on this game even felt. 
you know, we don't know, we haven't talked to them to see like an actual person that worked on Red Dead 2 and put all this time, how he felt about it. And then at that point, we'd have a better basis of of, of a uh, um, an opinion on it, I think. So I think it, it's so variable. Let's let's talk about something that is a similar situation, but where the the people who were a part of it have talked and, and not complained about it. Look at, at at companies like Tesla and SpaceX, who have done very similar things, and, and in a lot of cases worked much more much more crazy hours than than an eighty hundred hour work week. I mean, these are guys who who legitimately never went home for weeks on end working on on test spacecrafts to go launch and and working on these electric cars and if you want to be a part of something it, most of these people put their heart and soul into the into these projects whether it's the game that they're working on or the thing that they're engineering and it's probably not fun I'm sure that I'm sure there's a huge aspects of it that they dislike but at the end of the day they're there it is still something that they are choosing to do and nobody is holding them at point of gun to say, you have to do this. So I don't think it's on anybody I would out, say, outside of those companies to say, you are an immoral company for making these people work these hours. Because as a company, you cannot make them do it. There, there is, There's obviously a lot of people, you know, I can't just leave my job and move. You know, I have responsibilities. I have a family. I have a house. I have, you know, whatever it is. And it's not so easy just to be like, I'm going to throw this job away and go get something else. I, I get that as well. But at the end of the day, if if nobody is willing to work the hours that this company is forcing them to work, those people will leave and that company will then be stuck only with low talent and that company will go away. I, I, I agree to an extent. I just think that if I think for most people and most companies, if they can run their, their companies in a way in which they have talented people that are given good work to, to life ratios, like, like a work good, life balance, work life. If they were giving a better work life balance, um, I think that's the way you would want it ran, you know, like I, I get the I whole, like you work harder, this, that I get that. Like yeah. you should work hard. It depends on your individual goals though, as, as a person. Right. I know. And I, I see it more for someone who's an entrepreneur or something. Like if you're, if you're, if it's your thing and you're putting more time and, and we're sitting here trying to do these podcasts, extra hours of stuff, just because we want to try to build something. I see that when, when you work uh, a job for another company, it would, I would like to see that there's some sort of fairness. And like I said, I don't know the context behind all these companies. So I don't know what, what's actually going on. What they were offered to work these extra hours, how it breaks exactly. down monetarily. So I don't know. So it yeah. could be. But I would like to see that it's like your life shouldn't, to my opinion, your life shouldn't just be work. Like if you work for someone else and you're good at your job and stuff, you need to have a good balance of that because otherwise you're not going to be in a good mindset anyways. And I don't think that makes for a good, like a game informer, I always talked about them, but, but the, uh, the um the editor in chief um like prided himself in in a couple podcasts of saying that like hey we try to pay our guys as well as we can so that they can have a house they can have cars they can take care of their family and we make sure that they they have time to do all those things too um and sometimes they'll have to you know go to trips somewhere to do stuff and they won't be able to be home but but they pride themselves in having a good balance like that and i think that for the most part, except for when times call for more effort and stuff, I think you, you shouldn't just be, hey, you need to work 80 hours, 100 hours to be successful in life because I just, I wish it depends on what to. level of success you want. Yeah. And if you want, if you want to be, yeah, that's 100% true. If, if you want to, to be the CEO of a company, you have to. 
there's no ifs answer ifs answer buts about it. CEO of a big company. Of yeah, of any you know medium to large sized company, you're gonna have to put in that time. You want to be one of the top tier lawyers, gonna have to put in that time. Want to be any level of doctor, gonna have to put in that time. Right there, momentarily, and then when you're a doctor, you don't have to anymore. It then depends you, then on how you're successful. Granted the freedom. Yeah, want to want to be one of the want to be a successful uh, research scientist. You're gonna put in that much time. Maybe not always, but most of the time you are. So it it depends on what a how you define success, which has to be defined, and and b what level of that that you want. If if your idea of success, I think this is more where I think we both kind of line into is, I want to make enough money to pay all of my bills. So that in a way that allows me to get the things that I want to get that are reasonable and spend as much time uh, with my family and doing the things I want to do as possible. I think that that's, that's, that's what I consider success. That's what you consider success. But I'm also not the kind of person that wants to go work on the biggest uh, and, and potentially greatest video games of all time. And if that's the level of success that you want, a money may not be the biggest factor for you. It may be that you want your name on yeah, something. You want to make history. Like I said, all context. And it's all context. So for for some people, their level of success may be: I want my name on this, and I want it to be perfect. For it to be perfect, and for my and for me to be proud of and it. And a lot of those people may have wanted to put in that much time. In which case, awesome. But that's my point. Know. My 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 whole argument is: I don't think it's okay. I don't think it's right for for people who to trash a company if to they trash don't a company because these people work those hours. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I like I said, context. I just don't know the context behind it. So that makes it hard. And and the same thing. And like we were talking about um, what what you measure success as. And to me, the the thought of working 80, 100 hour works and all your life is work. It's like you don't know when you're ever gonna die, man. Like you you don't know when you're going to be over with. And I would rather I would rather have as close a balance as I can to enjoy the time that because everyone has to work, but it's it's it would be nice to enjoy the time, especially if you have a family. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and, and hobbies. Like it it's just to me, uh if I worked 80, 100 hours and I had more money, who cares how much more money I have uh if I can't even have the time to do the things that I want to see, that's that's where you and I agree 100 percent, because I think that that is exactly what I want from life. But there are those that that are either driven purely by an extremely strong competitive nature, or just that's true. sometimes or, people just need goals, and that's their goal. Yeah, and and that's what gets them through life. Is like I'm just going to keep working hard because my goal is just to make so much money. But but everyone's goals are different. Or it, it kind of where I was going to go with is just that that is the project that they want to be a part yeah, of. Possibly, yeah, for sure. Maybe it's just that that is what they want to do. That's important to them. I think it's just people people need something to believe in, and people need something to get behind. And yeah, I think and if you don't have any of that, then you're just you're hopeless. That you don't have it. You don't have a drive to. So do So imagine working in, in an environment where let's say let's say you're a game dev. And that's what you love. That's what you've always wanted to be growing up. You've always wanted to be a, a game developer. And then you're, you're tasked with being a, being a developer on something like Red Dead. If you, how much like work does it feel? Right? Everything feels like work. Even, even hobbies, even doing this. And, and I'm having a ton of fun with this. It's still work. Right? But 
I would put way more hours into doing something like a podcast without it feeling like bad work. Than fixing cars that are auto Than fixing shop. cars or working retail or doing anything like that. So at what level of, man, I worked 80, 80 hours last week, but how much of that was bad hours, if that makes sense? Like how much of it was you doing something that you don't enjoy? And that's why. That's so hard because- so or, that, or what about these people? We don't know how, the, how they signed on to these jobs either. What happens if if they do want to be a developer and they want to work on these things, but they signed on under the pretense that they would work a normal work schedule or at least close to normal, and now they're having to put on this extra time, which doesn't fit their lifestyle. And yes, they could leave and all that. It's just we don't have – it would be cool to talk to some I would love developers. to talk to people who actually work at some of these companies or any any company that's done a, done a crunch time type thing because it's – it's just so interesting. I think there's, I think everybody is different and everybody's wants and desires is different. And I think that. I mean, just even at our company right now, like if I really needed one of the guys to help us stay late, like Brody, for instance, we have this guy, Brody who works for us. He's interesting. Um, He'll be on the podcast. At some yeah. Point. Yeah. He's really interesting. If, if we, if I needed his help, I would never be like, you have to stay late and help me just because my own self, I'd be like, Hey, that's not really fair. Like, buddy, can you help? I'll pay you extra or something. You know, you know, oh, yeah, are you he willing? Gets paid overtime or yeah, whatever are you willing for that time? to? Um, so yeah, it'd be cool. We need to talk. That'd be cool to talk to someone that actually works in a big company like that and and how they actually feel. Because they may feel like, oh no, it's cool. I was I was fine with it. I was getting paid extra. You know, I got to work on this thing I really believe in. Then then the then who cares? You know, the developers aren't bad for doing it. But if everybody was hating their lives, maybe in there, then maybe there is kind of a problem. Yeah, well, then, then maybe the developer is is handling it wrong. But yes. but my my issue with it is that there is nothing inherently wrong with people working eighty hour work weeks during a crunch time. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I think that there are too many people out there who have zero idea of actually how uh, a business entity like that functions. We don't even know one hundred percent. No, but for sure. But there's it's it's the it's people who operate in a world that does that doesn't exist. They they can't look to how would it how would it be if I was a person in you know in charge of that company and I needed this thing to be done, you know you would of course ask the people under you and and you yourself would also put in that time. Puts asleep. So to pretend like that doesn't exist, to pretend like you're you you fall into category of evil person if you're asking people to do this, is just straight up ignorant. In my opinion, I don't think I don't think you can make any any blanket moral statement about a person that easily over something like asking people to work an eighty to hundred hour work week. I don't I don't think it's that simple, and I think people who are trying to boil it down to something that simple it don't have a clear understanding. Yeah, and like I said, we don't even really no, but we we understand. I just especially with this podcast, I just don't want to be those people that are so opinionated. And I, I want to have an opinion, but I also want people to know, like, when we don't know something 100%, I just want to be very vocal about, like, hey, we don't know. This is our opinion on what information we have. But, like I said, we could be totally wrong. And actually, we're going to probably be wrong most of the time. In a lot of cases, yeah. yeah. it just is, you know. It's but just, there's just also moves. nothing wrong with that. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, what this podcast is, is us two having conversations and learning as we go, right? I may have an opinion, uh, or not an opinion. I may believe something ha- like happened a specific way in this game that caused this issue to happen. 
right? You know, the developer did this and then it comes out, no, that's not what happened. That was actually uh, a rumor and you knew that this wasn't real and then you tell me that I've learned something new. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yep. I think it's okay to be wrong as long as oh, you're- Oh, yeah. As long as you learn from it and yeah. you get to, yeah. But there are a lot of people who are like, I can't be wrong. I'm, you know, I have to get absolutely- I think, yeah. I think the people, the people that can't be wrong and the people that try to act perfect or- um or with like this this guy we have that works for us, Brody, uh, he constantly lies about his life, right? And he'll if you watch this podcast, he knows it's true. Yeah. But he lies all the time, right? And tries to boast himself and tries to be this person he's not to try to impress everybody. And that doesn't that doesn't make you a better person. Like learn as much as you can. And and if someone has another opinion, listen to that opinion. It may change your opinion, or if not, you at least learn something from that experience. I would you constantly say want to learn. Very often, uh, do my my opinions on things change through uh, time or just all the time? Because yeah. any time that 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 I'm provided with new evidence, or any time that that somebody comes to me and says, "Hey." Dude, I I learned this today, or you know, I found this thing out. It's or like, like your oh, opinion loot boxes earlier. Yeah, that changed over time. I I felt one way, new evidence came out. I heard new arguments, and the way that I felt about it changed. And that's normal. That's good. You should. And I think that's good. I think too many people kind of hold on to this. Oh, is I said my this stance. one thing. Yeah, I can never go back on it. It's like, well, oh. it's like no. I believed. How many? If 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 everybody were to ask themselves honestly. Uh, and be truthful to themselves, which is a lot harder for people than I think most like to realize. How different are your views now than they were five years ago? Oh, yeah. that's the same reason I would never get a tattoo or probably won't get a tattoo is because even five years, you're you're sort of a changed person. Oh, yeah. You know, like you you really are. Your, your, your outlook on life could be different. I think that's the reason that a lot of people get divorced. Like they fall in love. They're, they're all cool. And then five, 10 years down the road, 20 years down the road. They're not the same person that, that they were when they fell in love with, with you know, their significant other or whatever. I think people just change and it, it's good to change, you know, but it doesn't mean don't just stick to what you said once just because you, just because you said it and you have to. 